Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. Okay, um, so I, I don't know why I laugh at the beginning of every video. <laughs> it's like a weird thing. Um, this is episode four of Critics on a Bus. Indeed it is. Yes, okay, it is. I've got that right. Um, welcome everyone to episode four of Critics on a Bus. Uh, we are back um, for the bumper end of the year where we've got many, many films to review. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. And you know what? I am doing even more wonderfully as a result of having seen the film that we are reviewing today. It brought it brought joy into my life. And that um, is good. What film is that, Paul? That film is... Le Mans 66, if you are in the UK, and if you're other places in the world, it's called Ford versus Ferrari. And I don't know the reasons for that, but I presume that they're legal. Um, so uh, I would also imagine that, like, outside of Europe, Le Mans means nothing to people. That's, yeah. Like, it's quite, a his- like, Le Mans, the 24-hour Le Mans race is, like, huge because it's European-based. Um, but I mean, it's weird because like American have 24 hour races that build up to Lamar, but, but yeah, the average American on the street, not to, uh, insult the average American probably wouldn't know what Le Mans 66 is. So, um, yeah, I mean, they would know what Ford is though, and they would have heard of Ferraris. So yeah, that is the film that we're, we're going to call it Le Mans 66 throughout. Uh, yep. But that is the film that we are reviewing. Mm. Yeah, and it stars uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon in the title roles of Ken Miles and Carol Shelby. Um, that is correct. Paul, give us your summary on what Le Mans is all about, Le Mans 66. So, Le Mans 66 is directed by James Mangold. You might know him from having directed, uh, sorry, producing Logan. He was an executive producer on Logan. He directed Walk the Line, which is a film about Johnny Cash, which I have not seen, but people say is good. And he directed 310 to Yuma, which I believe oh, you I love have on your shelf. I, do. I haven't even uh, seen really that one. Liked, but... I really like 310 to Yuma. Okay, so we have a great director at the helm. And it stars, as you said, it stars Matt Damon, Christian Bale, John Bernthal, who some of you might know as The Punisher, mm-hmm. Katrina Balfour, who I think is in Outlander. Uh, Josh Lucas, who I know as the sort of bad guy in uh, A Beautiful Mind uh, with Russell Crowe, but he normally plays kind of the annoying bad guy. And Noah Dupe, I presume I'm pronouncing that right, who is a young child actor. I think he's around 14 years old. And the story goes like so. It's the 60s. Henry Ford II is looking for a way to get Ford Motor Company's mojo back. And he is convinced by John Bernthal's character to compete with Ferrari in creating a sexy sports car. Who they go to in order to help them with that is Carol Shelby, who's played by Matt Damon, previously has won Le Mans and has his own motor company, uh, making cars and he then recruits ken miles who is played by christian bale who is uh a uh an aggressive shall we say 
um, racing driver who also knows a thing or two about cars. And the film is about them making a car, learning how to race it and going to Le Mans. I feel like it would be very natural at that point to then say, here's a clip. That's what like Mark Commode says and like other reviewers. (laughs) 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 But uh, we don't have one. But yes, that is the story. Uh, uh, Miss anything out? Anything essential there? No, no. Fantastic. So we're going to jump right in and we're going to talk about the visuals and the sound of this film because they are by far the most wonderful thing about this film. It is so raw and it's so authentic and it has you on the edge of your seat in such a great way. And I just, ugh, I felt, I felt like a teenage, teenage boy, uh, the same teenage boy that loved Top Gear, uh, that loved Aston Martins, that had like a calendar with different cars on it. Like, it made me feel like that. Let's go into it. Tell us what you thought about the visuals and the sound. I thought that the visuals are very, very clean. Yes. Um, just they're very sharp and uh, uh, and pleasing. Um, it looks, it yeah, it, it looks great. The film does. It, it it's always very kind of well lit, very bright. Um very focused i think that the the attention of the camera is always on the right thing it's always on the on the right point mm-hmm. um and yeah the the sound is 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 raw and yes. roaring and it's great you know you get that proper kind of thunder of the engine and it, it really kind of helps drag you into the actions of the racing and the cars and the people and yeah i think it's it's a very kind of clean cut very pleasing very appealing very bright and sort of vibrant look and feel i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more and what's so brilliant about it is that certain crucial parts of the film rely on you understanding what is happening in a race and there are all sorts of ways that that could go wrong all sorts of continuity issues that you could have people not knowing what lap it is, not knowing who's in which car, who's overtaking who, you know, all of that could be a logistical nightmare when it comes to visual storytelling. But there was not a point in this film where I wasn't sure what was happening in a race where I didn't feel like part of that race. They had these incredible shots kind of like sort of from the view like of the car but more like over the shoulder of the car mm. as if you were approaching the corners yourself <clears throat> like you like yourself, that happened like, in interstellar sorry you know, which part which part like in interstellar? when they like did like the out like the body cam of the spaceship right right for example yeah that's, as, as a that's comparison. a random throughout but yeah no no but it is it's a fair <laughs> comparison because what it does is it means that when you're watching it you really feel part of it i found myself kind of like tensing up when they like would arrive at like a corner or like going to like hit the ghost break like you know like it's kind of like what you do when you know you're driving with someone who's driving too fast and you kind of go to hit the brake yourself but you're in the passenger seat but um but yeah like Ah, it was just so like visually satisfying, and there was no shaky cam, there was no like 
obvious CGI. I don't know if they. I don't even know if they did use any. Did they use CGI in this? They would have. I, they would have. Yeah, had. they would have had to. But but the look was it's so very consistent. Well done. Like you say, yeah, I don't know. It was very very well done. Um, yeah, and just raw engine sounds. Who doesn't love that? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the just the look of the film is is just really kind of good, and it just sort of it's just so 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 believable right like yeah. i mean yeah the, the story is kind of chopped up from from reality and if you if you want to know the genuine history about the whole thing top gear or the grand tour i think the grand tour in one of the recent seasons on amazon do a fantastic like store like real version of what actually happened so do watch that for like extra information on this film but like just the, the whole thing just feels so believable and so sort of right and lived in um you know even just the the set designs and the cars themselves i mean they just look fantastic and they look you know very period and the the whole thing just feels you know 60s Mm-hmm. but like a 4k 60 you know <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's like the you know the 60s in perfect you know clear vision and and i love that like i just i just you know fully believe that i was watching what i was watching yeah and that's so important in a film like this i mean we'll get on to it but the film doesn't obviously it's not it's not Transformers. It doesn't just rely on big sounds and, you know, like visuals and whatnot. Um, not that the visuals are that good anyway in Transformers. But, um, but like, it's it, it's not just a film about racing cars. However, essentially, you know, uh, cars feature massively in the film and car races. And that's what anyone would expect going into it. And I felt so satisfied with those parts of the film. They were the most thrilling parts. They were the most exciting parts. And... Uh, they were the ones that got my heart racing, got me on the edge of my seat. And that is definitely partly, at least at least for me, it was one of the bigger parts of why I bought the ticket and why I went to see the film. Because there is that that appeal to, you know, to, uh, the, you know, to the audience because of those types of things. And uh, I think uh, absolutely 100 percent if you are looking for a film where you feel like you're in a race where you get kind of that authentic kind of feel of the cars of the mechanics of it of the sounds of all of that then you're not going to be disappointed with the racing scenes and um yeah you're going to walk away smiling and very satisfied with with all of that um however of course that is not enough to make a film and it is a film about people and it is a film about certain characters and their lives and their families and things that they struggle with as well as a film about cars um do you want to lead us into that one cameron tell, tell us about the characters yeah so the character what the the big focus here is on carol shelby and ken miles um mm-hmm. played by our our incredible actors of matt damon and christian bale um ken ken miles is um, regarded as um, one of the greatest racers who never kind of 
embraced very much he was someone he was a he was unfortunate um person uh who lost the chance to race because of world war Two, um and by then he was too old to to race you know as as sports people are always quite young um but he was an incredibly incredibly gifted uh driver and you know had an amazing feel for the car and, and he and ken and he and carol shelby um are the focus of the film and they are fantastic um I, I genuinely think Matt Damon and Christian Bell's their acting, their performances, and their chemistry in this film is incredible. Like it's it it was it was so well done, and you know the supporting the supporting act, um, Ken Miles's wife, wife, um, I don't know who she's played by. I haven't looked. I didn't look at that. K- Katrina Belfer is Katrina. The yeah, she is she is great, um, and a really um. A really supportive character, um, an understanding character, and rightfully sometimes upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a uh, great scene for that. Yeah, I was terrified in that scene. <laughs> um, when, when, so at the, the, the one point, um, she sees Ken Miles. Carol Shelby's always trying to like drag Ken Miles into the whole like let's beat Ferrari at Le Mans sort of situation. He's very much like, no, I don't want to do that, but he he takes an invite to go and just see a car that's all she gets very upset with him and she starts driving erratically on the road and trying like scare him now he is a he is a race winner um you know he does race sometimes for shelby in like really local events um in a shelby um which is a car itself a beautiful car by the way the shelby's are incredible absolutely cars. um agree and so, like you know, he he's a man who does who does drive fast, and even he was scared of of her control of the car, which was just it was just really funny, um, really well acted and and well and well done. Um, but the whole kind of cast, the whole um, Ford management team, um, what a bunch of snakes they are! Yeah. Oh my days! <laughs> they portray that very well, don't they? Oh. Oh, we'll get to that when we talk about the ending of the film. Oh, yeah. Ash was furious <laughs> uh, with them. Um, but the whole thing, I think, was just wonderfully acted. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really couldn't fault Matt Damon or Christian Bale at all throughout the film. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. Absolutely. Look, I, I completely agree with you. And this is going to sound a bit boring. I feel like <laughs> 90% of this review is going to be us, one of us saying something and the other saying I 100% agree with you, um, but I, I really do. I think it'd be impossible to w- watch this film and not admire the acting. I thought, for, for me at least, the standout was Christian Bale. I mean, l- like everyone in it was fantastic. Christian Bale for me was an absolute scene stealer, and uh, that's just because of he just acts with his whole body, and he was playing this character who was very agitated and, and very kind of aggressive, but also funny and charming like in a way and i i just found that really pleasing to watch on a screen and he nails it um he has a weird accent but we don't have to worry about that i don't i don't at some points i thought he was from london at some points i thought he was from somewhere else in england i don't know but it's its own thing but that that's irrelevant the the thing is is that he just lights up the screen when he's there and you know that something funny is going to happen and something uh interesting is going to happen and so for me i thought he was absolutely outstanding matt damon is always a solid as far as i'm concerned i feel like i don't know if i've seen him anything where i thought that his performance is lacking maybe well 
the adjustment bureau but that wasn't his performance that was just the film um <laughs> itself but anyway uh <laughs> but yeah no he so yeah he was great there's this wonderful scene at the end that i'm sure we'll get to which is very touching and i think he absolutely nails it um like you say katrina balfour fantastic the, that scene where she's uh, scaring him by driving the car fast is funny uh charming uh josh lucas playing the main kind of snake the the blonde haired guy uh blue eyes uh, the main snake of ford fantastic did what he normally does i want to draw attention to one little man and that is i hope i've gotten his name right noah dupe i believe his name is uh i i, I don't know if you recognized him but he's in a quiet place really I, yeah have you seen a quiet place no okay that's well, there you go. That's that one. But anyway, it's a film with John Krasinski <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, 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 exactly. And he plays one of their children. Um, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And one of the best dynamics of the film I felt was between Ken Miles, so Christian Bale's character, and his family. Mm. I really bought into that. I really bought into yeah. his relationship with his wife, and I really bought into his relationship with his son. And that was one of the key relationships with the film. And it was one that I really bought into. And I thought that. The young boy, his his timing and the way that he expressed emotion, the way that he expressed concern for his dad, but also the way that they had this kind of, you know, father something that the mum would kind of roll her eyes at because whatever, they'd stay up late or do things that, you know, she would slightly disapprove of, but then laugh it off. Like that was just such like a such a believable dynamic. I yeah. really bought into that and I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And I think I think that the film does a great you know, the the temptation of this film would be to spend so much time at the Mon that all you do is watch the cars go round and round and round. Um, mm-hmm. But they spend so much film developing the characters, developing the relationship between Ken and Carol, between Ken and his family, between Carol and Ford, you know, and it gives such good time to those developments and those relationships that you care about them and that you fully, you know, you want ken to win you want ken to do well you're like flipping it yeah ken you're amazing or like dang it shelby you're caught between you know a rock and a hard place with ford and you know and all those different things the film invests the right amount of time in those events and in those relationships for the audience and it's a long film it's two and a half hours mm-hmm. um and I, it fully deserving of that length i think any shorter you would have been robbed of something you would not have had the right amount of time on the development of the car or their relationships or the struggles that some of them go through ken you know is in in huge amount of debt and you know he needs the money basically or you know the whole thing between ford and ferrari um you know basically the enzo ferrari pulling out of the sale of ferrari and giving it to fiat in front of ford is what drives this whole kind of Ford to take on Ferrari thing and like but they every stage is given enough time of investment for the audience to understand to follow along to be part of and I think that is 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 helped by the incredible performances by everybody and the fact that they're allowed the time to develop their characters throughout the film so much so that you care and you believe and you support them definitely definitely absolutely agreed um i think you really said it right when you know you said that two and a half hours 
any shorter, you would have missed out on something. And I think that you're definitely right in saying that the balance between character development and, uh, you know, racing and yeah. Le Mans and all that was right. And it wasn't too much one way or too much the other. And if it had been, then that would have been to the film's detriment because either it would have gone too, you know, artsy and not enough just raw, you know, car racing. But equally, it could have gone too Michael Bay if it was just racing. So I think that you're right. There was there was a really well-maintained balance there that kept you satisfied throughout. and, And, you know, you were still watching races throughout in different you know ways. But there was also all of the character development and there was the Ford Ferrari dynamic, all the different dynamics that you described. Um, Yeah. Okay. However, I don't want to give the impression that this film is flawless because I wouldn't say that it was flawless. And I had a few things, we haven't discussed this, but I had a few things that I thought could have been better. Um, They don't ultimately for me detract from the fact that I, I just enjoyed the film. I had a good time with it, but there are some things that I felt like, yeah, could have been better. And I don't know whether you think that, and I don't know whether you'll agree with these. So perhaps we can uh, debate this one. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, so one, one thing that I would say about the film is that at certain points, it, re- it, it did become a bit cliche. Uh for me and my my wife would normally say you know like cliches are cliches because they're the things that people love so why be a hater and I don't want to be a hater like I'm not against I don't mind happy endings I don't mind you know traditional you know narrative arcs I don't mind you know defeating the bad guy at the end whatever it is like I like I've got no issue with that um the Lion King is one of my favorite films that's you know a, a classic kind of disney you know triumph at the end type film um but with that uh, you know that being said there are a few points where i felt like okay the snakes of ferrari these business people are becoming cliche evil businessmen you know what i mean like they're becoming mm-hmm. they like they, it was almost as though we really need like a bad guy because this is a film that we want to appeal to people. And so there has to be an explicit bad guy. And I feel like, you know, it was a bit binary. It was a bit black and white. And I, you know, I, 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 I was struggling at certain points to believe the snake-like nature of some of them. And may, maybe that's just my naivety. Uh, maybe that's what they were genuinely like. Um, but the way that it was portrayed in the film for me got a bit, got a bit cliche. It was like, we need a bad guy. Similarly, I found some of Christian Bale's, uh, or Ken Miles, I guess, some of his lines about how much he loved racing and how he felt when racing, also to be a little bit cliche, in that it felt a tiny bit tacked on and it felt like, you know, they wanted some inspiring speech about how one feels when they're driving a car. And that's fine in principle, but I feel like the way that they did it was a tiny bit kind of like formulaic. Mm-hmm. But for me, by far, the the one that di- I did get a bit tired of was the side look when overtaking someone. I'm sorry, like I, I'm all for that, but they <laughs> use that like yeah, they 50 times. Like what happens is, 
you know, Ken Miles pulls up next to someone and they're driving at the same speed and he like looks to the side over his shoulder at them and they look at him and they stare at each other and then they look in front of them and then, you know, one of them does something and one of them overtakes or a crash happens or whatever it is. But there was a point where they have this Italian guy who, again, is turned into like a cliche bad guy. He's one of the dri- one of the drivers for Ferrari at the end um, in Le Mans in 1966. And... He's just got this like Italian, like bad guy sneer look to him that was completely unnecessary because the beef isn't with him. It's with, you know, uh, whatever, Enzo, Ferrari or, you know, there are other beefs in the film. But they just made him out into this silent bad guy. And then about 20 times throughout the race, uh, there would be a point inevitably when Ken Miles was, you know, right next to him and one of them was overtaking the other. And they would look to the side, look at each other, look to the side, look in front. And I felt like they could have dropped a few of those. <laughs> anyway, this is kind of like nitpicking, but I don't know what you feel about any of those. Sorry, I said a lot there. But so so the snake-like nature of the of the people from uh, from Ford, uh, the looking to the side, like the and like the Italian bad guy, um, and then the the speeches about how one feels in the car and and how they were a bit cliche. Offer up your comments on that. I'm sorry. I mean, in terms in terms of cliches, I think yes, the looking to your side thing is a bit cliche. Now, I as as someone who I talk to myself when go karting quite a lot, like I will. <laughs> so like I get I get the whole idea of like talking behind the wheel, um, you know, and it's done in motorsports these days. Yeah. But like almost sort of like trying to have a conversation. In those cars, in the the shells that they are, literally all you hear is the, the the noise of the engine. So like you wouldn't ever, and you probably wouldn't be looking at them. Like mm. especially in Le Mans, um, you'd be looking at the road because the road changes like left and right all the time. Um, you know you're really racing fast. So I think, and I think yes, I get that they're trying to you know kind of make the the driving relationship like important. But I do agree with you. I think the the looking across um in the cars was a bit overdone and a bit overused um i liked the balance of um the the ford snakeage okay <laughs> um purely because i think i think if you didn't have that i don't think ken miles being robbed of victory at le mans would have mattered spoiler no i'm joking <laughs> i'm joking yes no you're right and we will talk about that we'll come on to talking about the ending yeah but, uh, no, okay that's a fair i think i think i think if you if you were like because you know you got to the point where you're like okay you know what and you know they they make this ridiculous request that shelby and ken don't like and then ken does it and you're like oh, all right ken you know what you're playing you're playing ball you're actually playing as the team and then and you're like, oh, you know what? It's annoying. They don't. They just don't get racing. They don't get it. And you realize they get it all along. And they've just they just played him. And you're like, what? You know, I think it really it it invokes an even stronger response because you think they turned a corner, or you think everyone was finally on the same page, and it turns out they weren't. Mm. And so I, I think I think the snakeage was important. Um, and 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 I can believe I can believe that corporate those guys they they don't forget they're marketing professionals in the beginning of the film 
um when they when they basically announced the ford racing plan they're they're a bunch of marketing bozos they don't actually know what racing is about mm. they know how to make an advert for a car and you know create a mustang that looks good but drives rubbish you know like ken lovingly says to him yeah um you know and so they actually don't understand racing they don't get the spirit of it they don't get the the passion and the point you know why that today ferrari is such a huge brand is because you know the passion and the thing about you know behind the whole kind of the forza ferrari you know thing so i i I like that um and I and I would disagree. I quite liked the ending and the the comment and the the speech by Ken. Um, Ken, no, by Carol Shelby. Oh no, but, no, no, I liked, I liked. Wait, wait, which which speech by Carol Shelby? I thought that's what you. It wasn't your complaint. Oh, the whole seven thousand. Uh, yeah, RPM thing. RPM. Ah, okay. So yeah, it was that. I didn't. I yeah. I, I didn't really buy into that. But also like the lines that Christian Bale had when he was like sat with his son talking about their perfect lap and stuff like that. And those kind of recurring themes, I don't know, like they were fine, but there was something about me that cringed just a tiny bit, but explain to me bit. why. You... A li- no, I, lo- okay. I-, I see that a little bit, but like, I actually think the writing was actually really funny and like really well done. Oh yeah. For the most part. Like, like, I, yeah. can, I can forgive those things, but like, I mean, uh, I- I'm not a parent. I've not had kids, so I don't, know if that's something you would say to a child um mm. before you go off to you know do this huge like massive event um so it it might be but like to be honest i i kind of it's it feels like it's sort of a marker so like when ken kept breaking records and that records and he may set the fastest one ever in that year of all times uh, to that point and the kid was like, oh, perfect lap. It's sort of, it's sort of that connection between them. You know, it, you know, it helps connect him to the racing, I guess. Yeah, I get. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I guess I felt like that was a. It had to be there. There had to be a connection of some sort. It did feel to me like a, a tiny bit like cliche. I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the whole point. Speak your yeah. mind. <laughs> Um, Fair enough, though. I, I, I think you brought up some good counterpoints. I think I think with that, then let's go on to because this film has three endings, in my opinion. Okay, talk so me we'll through. Go, we'll go through each one first. First, the first one we'll talk about is the the racing ending. Yeah. Um, which is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said it before in my in my um, counterpoints to your cliche thing. Uh, is the fact that basically the the big wigs at Ford want the Ferraris to line up a little bit astern so that they cross the line kind of together. Um, the Fords? Oh wait, yeah, sorry. The Fords. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. Carol doesn't like it. Ken doesn't like it. They they and for and Ken really doesn't like it and he sets fastest lap after fastest lap and like is like way ahead of them and there's no way that they're going to lose now they're laps ahead of everybody else they're, they're going to win um and he decides in the end to to play ball he's not Ken is not a team player and he plays ball and he um he does line up a stone with Ford but what transpires is that one of the other Fords I think it's I want to say it's Bruce McLaren's, but I don't know if it is McLaren's. I think it is, but um, uh, someone can fact check that. 
is the fact that he started further back on the grid than Ken, and so has technically travelled further distance and therefore wins the race. Now, I think silence is appropriate in this situation. Yeah, it's rubbish. Yeah, it it stinks because you sit there and you're thinking, what? It's it's almost, it's very um, unhappy ending. It's a very real ending, and I like it. The fact that he was screwed over by Ford the entire way through the film, they're screwed over by Ford. But, you know, and, you know, Carol Shelby attacks the, the guy, you know, because he's like, you knew this all along. You know, you, you planned this, you know, you you made this happen, and Ken is robbed of his victory. And Ken doesn't realise until everyone just ignores him and goes, and and you can see it. He's, he's super excited and he's happy. And people just run past him, and you can see him not registering for a while that he hasn't won. And I, I genuinely think it's a little bit heartbreaking mm. to rob him of that victory. Um, for me, it, it, it is a little bit heartbreaking. I don't know what you think on that ending, on the racing ending. I Yeah, again, I didn't know anything about Le Mans 66. So I, I, I had no idea. And I thought that the whole big lesson of it would be oh he put aside his arrogance and he crossed the line with the other Fords and that's great and even though it would have been nice for him to have finished you know a whole lap ahead or whatever like he you know he changed things up and that's very respectable so that's what I was expecting to be the takeaway and I had no idea that it was actually that they had screwed him over and that you know he actually didn't win the race and then watching that you know watching that dawn on him yeah again I was I was I felt a deep sense of injustice. I was, <laughs> I, I was very, very bothered by it. And it, it, it um, yeah, no, definitely. And I think it definitely was a, a punch in the gut. And I, I would imagine a lot of people watching it, if they didn't know the story, uh, would have been quite surprised by it and would have, you know, felt that, that sense of indignation at it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, no, that's definitely what I felt. What I really did like though, was when Ken Miles realizes this and when, Shelby comes over to him and whatnot. Obviously, he has a little bit of a moment where you can see, obviously, it bothers him. And, of course, it would have bothered him. But then, you know, he starts talking about changing the, you know, the brakes or, or, you know, whatever, the the chassis or whatever it is. And just shows kind of what a good-natured guy he can be in the right ways. And, obviously, regardless of whether or not it actually happened, I thought that was its own small kind of sweet victory that really uh i found quite quite appealing but yeah i mean uh, yeah. it shows it shows his like just passion and love for racing exactly general, exactly it? it's a good yeah. testament to his character um and that is a great point um on to the second ending mm-hmm. um and this is the big spoiler and you might know this hopefully people know this if they listen to this is the ken miles ending mm-hmm. um sadly in history, Ken Miles dies testing the Ford GT40 after 1966. Um, and <laughs> Ashling did not know this <laughs> when she watched the film, um, and she was quite shocked by it. Not like the the thing is, though, I'm a little disappointed in this ending because I don't think it did justice to Ken. I've been thinking about it because. You know, he goes off and does, you know, he's doing his testing as he normally does. And then you see in a distance that the car 
kind of goes off track and crashes and there's a fire and that's already happened in the film and he survived that um and everyone runs to it you know and um carol shelby stops and looks back at his son who's just watching this kind of fireball i and then it and then that's almost it i think that that ending is a little bit underwhelming Mm. Considering we were, you know, the man that we've in essence been following this entire film just dies, I think is a little bit underwhelming. Um, I think it could have done better with like the Guy Ritchie trick of like putting a GoPro on someone's chin and like watching them run, you know. I think like watching like the kind of following the run to the car, then seeing the car um, maybe would have been more emotive and effective i mean it might have been the respects to ken miles and his family that they didn't show anything i don't know if there was a if, if there was creative involvement from shelby or or the miles family in this film i haven't checked that um so that might have been it but i i just i just felt a little bit underwhelmed by the ending of ken like obviously it's very tragic that he died but i just think in the film it was a bit of it was kind of underwhelming that he sort of died I don't know what you think on that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I did think that it was underdone. Uh, not that it should have been overdone, but I, 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 I did. I, yeah, again, because again, I didn't know the story, and so I didn't know that that was going to happen. And when it happened, I was, I was relatively shocked as well. I was like, what, what? Like, I, I, I didn't know that that happened, and I, I got the implication straight because of when it happened in the film because of the way that the sun you know looks back at shelby because of just the music everything i got that okay this is this is him this is him dying like okay like i feel like they did signal that but but it was yeah it was a little bit um given you know the severity of what's happening given that we're talking about you know the main character of the film at least one of the two main characters um whether or not it it did justice to him and to his death yeah that's i mean that's definitely a question and i don't know that it did um i still felt like there was definitely you know almost like a there was a reverence to it but 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 it all happened so fast i want you know that could be you know intentional it could be you know because that's how it goes you know no one expected it It happens but but still even then i i did leave that part feeling a a tiny bit unsatisfied yeah i I, i'm with you on that one yeah 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 and then um the final ending is the almost the the kind of carol shelby ending um where you know he's still working on the he was still working on the gt40 even after the death of of ken um had a new racer and he was not happy about the race spent an hour in the car I was like yeah it's really good it's really good and he's like you spent an hour in there you don't know <laughs> and then that sort of like the the 7000 rpm speech was overlaid into the ending i thought that was a very nice um ending i thought it was um as one of the three endings in the film i thought it was it was quite a nice one it was very it kind of tied it in from the very beginning when you see him win lamar in 1959 with aston martin mm. um it was a very nice tie-in i think i mean i don't think it added i i don't think it added took away anything i'm glad it was there because you know life goes on 
Mm. And I think that that life goes on is important. Um, I mean, it was a, it, I think it was a take it or leave it sort of ending. But it was a, it was a, a nice quiet way, I think, to end uh, a loud and fast film, I think. Very, very personable. And I think the whole film does focus on the people a lot more. So giving it that very personal ending, I think, was good for the film. Yeah, I... I, I I did quite like the scene where he rocks up at the house um, and then he he speaks with the son and it's you know Doesn't and you can wrench, see, yeah. yeah and you can see that he um, you know really did have a brotherly love for Ken Miles and I think that Matt Damon portrays that really well in a really subtle way it's not like an overdone scene it's not him you know wailing and crying but but it's really subtle. And I, I, and I thought that that was, again, it was, it was kind of reverent in a way. It was, I, I feel like it was, uh, and that was, I, I felt like that was a pretty good note to finish on. Um, given that, yeah, the, so much of the film is so loud and so funny and fast, but, but, you know, ultimately it's a note that ends on, you know, this idea that, yeah, it's about people and it's about characters and something tragic really did happen. And, and like you say, life does go on, but, but, um, but yeah, but there, you know, there was something deeper going on in the film, and I, yeah, I thought it was a good note to end on. I thought that Matt Damon sent off the film really well. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I had, I had no issues, no issues with that part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, um, with all that, let's go to Paul's critics' corner um, and see what the the critics think of this film yes yes the critics and the people we also need a jingle for paul's critics yeah. corner we said yeah. that uh weeks but we uh we need a <laughs> we need a jingle so this film has been doing remarkably well when it comes to both audience scores when it comes to critic scores it really has um done really well and that will help it do well financially as well because a lot of people look at these things before they go and decide whether or not they're going to see the film and I do that and I'm guilty of that, but I don't know if it's that <laughs> bad of a thing. It's for that reason that I'm not interested in going to see uh, Charlie's Angels. So uh, feel free to check out um, IMDb for that one. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, so it currently has a relatively solid audience score of 8.3. Sorry, relatively solid in the sense that I think it's somewhere around 20,000 people that have reviewed it, which is a good amount. 8.3 is, you know, that's IMDb uh, gold territory. It's over the magic eight. It has an 81 meta score, which as meta scores go is pretty phenomenal. It's well in the green. Um, it has a 92% Rotten Tomatoes critic score, that which again, fresh. that is, that is as fresh as the new Nikes. And <laughs> it has, <laughs> trying to be cultural um uh, <laughs> and uh and even fresher it has a rotten tomatoes audience score of 98 percent, my friends 98 percent. that is that is getting into toy story paddington territory that is i mean wow wow um so yeah it's it's gotten overwhelmingly good reviews and i don't think i've seen a single thing that is really bad i've seen some things that you know four out of five stars 
you know, there's inevitably going to be that review that's in the six, seven range. But overall, it's really gotten a positive response. And I think that that's deserving. This film cost a lot of money, took a lot of time to make. It's a really well-made film. And I'm glad that it's getting recognition. And I'm glad that people are appreciating the quality of it. Um, and yeah, no, so, uh, hope, yeah, hopefully these scores are pretty, pretty, uh, settled and they encourage people to go and, to go and see it. So, uh, yeah. All right. So with that, let's give our summaries before the scoring, the big moment that everyone is waiting for, obviously. <laughs> um, so I think to sum up my feelings on the film, I think the film is very clean, very fresh, very bright, um, fantastic performances by the cast. Um, the characters are well developed. Um, I do think the film struggles with, like it's posted sometimes, cliches. I think it cuts out a lot of history and a lot of events. You, you missed the whole Amman 1965 Um which I might have saved eight million dollars in budget, but you know, the whole kind of built the whole phase of Ford is a build up to the success of Ford in 1966. So I do think it it does miss a little bit of that. Um, so the loss of history is, is quite sad. But in general, I think it's well paced, well acted, um, and provides a great deal of emotion in the film. And I think the emotion is a surprising heart of the film for me. Um, but there's also great racing and car noises and all those things. But in general, a very, very good film. And I really enjoyed it. Agreed. I would echo a lot of that sentiment. I thought it was a well-made, high-quality, pleasant watch that I just found incredibly enjoyable. I smiled at a lot of it, both because of the racing and the noises and all of that, but also because there was great jokes I felt, you know, somber and reverent at the right moments. I felt it was very well paced. There were a few tiny moments where in the first half where it dragged a little bit. We didn't talk about that. But, you know, but overall, as pacing goes, it was it was good. Um, and yes, there were some cliches. Yes, I didn't buy into some of the speeches. Yes, the whole overtaking and looking over the shoulder thing did get a bit annoying, to be honest. But, I mean, on the whole, I, th- I think this is a really good film. And I think that it's one that people should go and see. And one that's just a, a good time. It's just, it's just, it's, it's also cliche in other ways, but in the right way. It's a, it's a feel-good film, but not in a cheap way. It's just really good it's just a really good film. Like I, I just, I, I just enjoyed it. It was just in, enjoyable. It wasn't artsy or challenging or like ah oh, social commentary or whatever. Like it was just a really good film. That's what it was. Yeah. So without further ado, ah oh, okay, I'm struggling on scores. I am struggling. <laughs> I'm flittering between two things, and I think I know which one I'm going to go for. But it, I don't know if it. So okay, basically, I'll, do you want to go first? <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go first. I'll go first. My score is um, dead eight. Okay. Straight As up, in, just, 
just eight. Straight, not dead as in, you know, the bus driver's dead, but... Um... No. no, 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 no. It's not the zombie bus that failed in most buildings. Um, it's, it's, an, it's an eight. Solid, dependable bus. You know it's going to arrive on time. It's the one you catch every day. That's it. Just straight up your everyday commuter bus at eight. Okay. I did not think that this would be the scenario, but I'm actually going to... I'm going to be giving it a tiny bit higher than you. I was not expecting that, given that you're more into racing and that I seem to have more of the qualms with this film. (laughs) But I just really enjoyed it. I just had such a great time. So I was thinking an eight as well. However, I was going to go for like a pristine eight. So I would say eight, but definitely between 8.5 and nine if we're talking numerically. And if we're talking about buses, then we are talking an eight, but... The bus is on time and, I, you know, we've used a lot of this language before, but it's 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 double decker. There's no one else on the bus. It's only you. Apart from one or two people, someone gets onto the bus and they're one of these buskers and you think, oh, that's annoying. But they end up playing like a really great rendition of your own, like your favorite song or something, <laughs> um, you know. As it turns out, there's this special deal that the bus company is having with McDonald's where everyone gets one free ticket that day and like (laughs) as well as a Big Mac for, you know, whatever, one ninety nine and you get where you need to go. No traffic. um, And you're going somewhere that you're excited about. That's the kind of bus. I, so I would, yeah, I'm, I'm putting that somewhere between the 8.5 to 9. I, I, I might regret that. And I might actually, you know, who knows, revise that in the future. But for, well, I probably shouldn't. But for now, I, I, I would put it in the 8 range, I, which is high for me. It's high for me. But I, I just really enjoyed it. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was just a good, fun film. So uh, there you have it. There you go. That's our thoughts on Le Mans 66 or Ford versus Ferrari. Um, so we recommend go see it catch a bus and go see that film yes Uh, in the cinema you have to see it in the cinema because you would lose so much by only watching it on dvd yes um with that uh up next i can't believe i'm watching this we've got frozen 2 yeah well yeah we'll we'll see we'll see (laughs) how that one goes i i I, were you not a fan of fan of the first frozen i've seen it once okay uh, I'll take that as a yes. You were not a fan, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was, I was, I was, uh, it was forced. Um, oh wow! Okay. So this is going to be an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, we've got that, and we've got also. I think this month is Knives Out. Oh yes. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So that's that's for the rest of our December. Um, November. Our, yep. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's for the rest. That's for the rest of our November. Um, our first written review. I did the Aeronauts. Um, that is out available on our blog. Um, you can find the link on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but aside from that, um, check us out. Share share the podcast with your friends and family. Uh, on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts now. Everything. Let's it's everywhere. Things we're, we're getting there. So do do um, share share the podcast to other people. 
please. And tell us if there's anything that you would like to see or like to see less of or yes. like to change, and we will happily uh, oblige. Yeah. If you if you think that Paul should have said Nike instead of Nike, please do let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yes, apart from that, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon with another review. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.